Welcome to the most enchanted podcast in all the realms. I'm Lynn. I'm Elisa. And I'm Chell. Together, we are the, the Narrators, Narrators 3. And this is Once Upon a Rewatch, where all plot devices come with a price. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 3, Episode 19, A Curious Thing. The original air date for this episode was April 27th, 2014, and the writers were the Kitsowitz. It was directed by Ralph Hemmaker, and the title card is a flying monkey because of course it fucking is. <laughs> so, let's get into it. We begin in the enchanted forest of the past, as Belle rides to join a meeting at Casa de Regal Charmings. Regina, the Charmings, Princess Aurora, and Prince Philip discuss the pros and cons of announcing Snow White's pregnancy to the kingdom. Regina, on Team Con, because bless her, <laughs> argues against the idea, reminding the group that a wicked witch is on the loose, and that pretending otherwise would be dangerous. Charming argues that rallying their people is a good idea. I, for one, agree with Regina. Yeah. Also, I don't think that's the morale boost you think it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. I think that's just going to make everybody else very worried for you. Also, it's like we're down here suffering. Well, we're having a baby. Great. <laughs> yeah. Oh, great. Thanks. That'll maybe put food like, on my table. Maybe they're like, well, the last one was a savior. So hopefully this one is too. Question hopefully mark. this one stimulates <laughs> the economy. <laughs> <laughs> Belle arrives and informs the group that she and Neil successfully revived the Dark One, Rumpelstiltskin, but at the cost of Neil's life. She explains that when Rumpelstiltskin saw that his son was dying, he absorbed him. And it was real fucking weird, she says. <laughs> yeah. Paraphrased. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. The whole Rumpel absorbing Neil thing is still one of the weirdest and grossest plot points, honestly. But is it better or worse than the body horror of wooden CG August? I said one of. Nothing is more horrible than August. Yeah, I, I don't think the concept is gross. I think the execution. Yeah, was oh, no, I thought the whole yeah. thing was kind of gross. Was it was like, he's dying. I gotta put crying. him in my belly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's the execution. The belly. <laughs> it got very Cronenberg. It was weird. It's, yeah. It was unfortunate. I don't unfortunate. Know. There you go. An unfortunate Once upon choice. a time. Go to therapy or bed or I don't know. Do something with bed. your life. Go to bed. You're being weird. Zelina gained control of the Dark One dagger and thus has control of Rumpelstiltskin. Concerned, Aurora suggests that it might be too dangerous to announce Snow White's pregnancy. Firmly on Team Pro, Snow says they need to give their kingdom hope and not give in to fear. Charming points out that they don't know what Zelina wants. And Aurora informs him that they do. She wants the unborn snowing baby. Philip explains that Zelina approached them before the group arrived back in the Enchanted Forest and threatened their unborn child unless they told her when the group arrived. Aurora apologizes for the deception, just as Zelina arrives on a broomstick. This bitch. Here she is. Hooray. <laughs> Children crying in the background. <laughs> Here she is, the worst person you know. <laughs> there they are. She's got nice hair. In the universe. But she wants to kill you. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Having overheard them, Selena turns Aurora and Philip into fly monkeys. And the couple fly away. 
wow, we're here a whole two minutes in and I already hate it. I completely forgot about this plot point and I do not remember if it's ever resolved. I really, I really, really hope it is. I'm sure it is. It has to be, but I'm not 100% confident it is. I don't know. We're at the point of the show where I don't remember anything anymore. I don't remember anymore. anything anymore. I really, I really hope they aren't just monkeys forever. And also, I really, really hope they aren't just the monkeys that the heroes straight up shoot and explode later in this episode. Right? Like, I, I was sitting there suck. taking notes going, oh my god! No, you remember, you remember, <laughs> these are your friends. Your friends are the monkeys. Your friends, your friends are the monkeys. Are the monkeys. <laughs> round them I, up <laughs> I mean I guess to be fair right. they don't spoiler they don't have their memories of the lost year back when they but they learned about because they saw what happened to little John they know they're the monkeys yeah I mean they don't it's, know it's who's Brooke. the monkeys but they do know that just like normal dudes they know are just getting turned into monkeys they yeah. do know that they know like some of the dwarves are monkeys so even if they yeah so it's like that could be happy these dum-dums these dum-dums god bless them god bless them right and their their cute stupid little faces i really hope we get a scene where it's like anivore and philip are fine because and tiny tim who was not not dead dead. like oh my god these are important characters did not die yeah no i really don't remember we're in the point of the show where i have seen the episodes but i barely remember any of it so a lot of it's like seeing it for the first time because i was sewing for you most of this season yep yeah you were sewing and i would every so often look up for my sewing machine and go what the hell's happening right now <laughs> that's a hell of a thing <laughs> oh that's fucking weird and then i'd go back to sewing oh all right crack it on snow asks what selena wants with her baby and one by one the group approach her selena magically freezes them except bell selena approaches snow white touching her belly and tells her that she'll be back to take the infant from them she releases the group and flies away. And I would like to file a petition to get this woman to stop touching snow stomach 2022. It grosses me out every time and it happens way too much. Yeah, this one was especially egregious. Oh, it's nasty. She lingers. Yeah, yeah it was gross. I mean, I'm sure it's meant to be gross, but like, yeah, ugh. it's meant to be really threatening. Just stop. Learn personal space. Eight months later. Snow, Charming, Regina, Robin Hood, Belle, and Granny are meeting when Grumpy arrives. He informs the group that he has met with the Blue Fairy, Tinkerbell, all the fairies, and they have told him that Selina is just too powerful. Sounds like quitter talk. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, but this was a good opportunity to give us a Grumpy and Nova scene. Like, give us more Grumpy and Nova scenes, you cowards! Bring back Amy Acker! I know! Like, what happened with Nova or Astrid? Like, all we have is that sad bonus segment from Good Morning Storybrooke that yeah. aired, like, between seasons one and two. And it didn't end well. Like, it it ended with, like, her running off of the segment. Like, it was depressing. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, can we have, like, a happy resolution to this, please? Come on, man. Very sad. Snow laments that it's happening again, that an evil sorceress is threatening the future of her child. To be fair, Regina points out, I was threatening you and everyone else became collateral damage. (laughs) I love Regina's obsession with semantics. It's really, honestly, pretty fantastic. Yeah. It's like, technically... (laughs) Um, actually... Um, actually... (laughs) Regina points out that Snow White and Prince Charming had a head start to defeating her last time. 
and asks how. The couple explain that they were warned by Rumpelstiltskin, and Regina suggests that he might be able to help again. Catching on, Grumpy points out that breaking into the Dark Castle, where Rumpelstiltskin is being held by Zelina, is a bad idea. Regina points out that Belle was once a prisoner there, but Belle refutes her, saying she has no idea how to break in. Robin interjects that he has broken into the castle before, which, no, Tom Ellis did. (laughs) I knew you were going to point it out, so I didn't even have to. (laughs) I mean, just, you know, don't take credit for other people's work. It's tacky. (laughs) They're the same. They're... I mean, they're not the same. No, they are not the same. They are playing the same character. They are not the same. Do not. I'm sorry, Sean McGuire. I like you. I like Tom Ellis. I know Tom Ellis is wonderful. He's wonderful and I miss him. Tom, I miss you. (laughs) Anyway, Regina laughs, pointing out that Robin is a thief and not to be trusted. The two argue briefly and Snow interrupts, saying that Robin is coming with the group to break into the Dark Castle. I just know that if electricity had been harnessed in this realm, Snow would be flickering the lights on and off to get these proverbial children to settle down and stop squabbling. (laughs) At the very least, a spray bottle. Uh Yeah. In present-day storybook, Regina and Robin Hood share a kiss in the back hallway of Granny's diner. Regina asks Robin what he sees in her, and he replies, a second chance. The same thing he hopes she sees in him. He also comments that she is quite a good kisser before Regina states that he should wait until she has her heart back. They discuss what it's like for Regina to not have a heart, and Robin says that they can use his for both of them. Henry accidentally interrupts their makeout session and calls Regina Madam Mayor rather than Mom, causing Regina to falter and state that she is not alright. Robin kisses her again and wishes her luck before she leaves to meet the others. Regina enters the B&B common room to where the charming family are waiting. Mary Margaret comments that Regina looks smitten. Regina retaliates that Mary Margaret looks smitten with Hagen Dawes due to pregnancy. Rude. Right? Like, this has been in Jerry's country, Madam Mayor. Vermont is but a hop, skip, and a jump away. <laughs> I know that's not what you meant, but <laughs> I would be I would be offended by saying Hagen Dawes. Ben and Jerry's is much better. It is, although I do miss Hagendaw's pina colada ice cream. It was very good. Do they not make it anymore? They might still make it, and I just haven't had it in six years. Yeah. They go to start the meeting without waiting for Hook to arrive, as they agree they do not have time to wait. Emma wonders why Regina is part of Selena's plan. Regina states that she is the whole point of the plan, so Zelina can have the life Regina had. Emma wonders again why Zelina brought them all back to Storybrooke to do that. They wonder whether there is something in Storybrooke that makes Zelina's plan all the more possible. The group discuss how Zelina was able to cast the curse to begin with, as Zelina would have to give up what she loves most, and Regina ponders on the fact that Zelina does not love much. David questions whether their counterparts had figured out Zelina's plan, and whether Zelina had moved them to Storybrooke and wiped their memories in an attempt to stop them. Mary Margaret says, with their memories back, they may be able to figure out how to stop Zelina and break the curse and that she is thankful to have the savior. Poor Emma. You get the feeling that maybe in the future, anytime someone needs a light bulb changed in Storybrooke, they're going to just call her because, you know, she's the savior. <laughs> like, it's kind of like Rumpelstiltskin. It's like, hey, we have a problem. Let's go to Rumpelstiltskin. Oh, I was and thinking like, that, like, it would essentially be the part in Encanto where Louisa's walking through the city and, like, all the town folks are just yes. like, Louisa, the building is off kilter. Yes. Louisa, the donkey's got out. Absolutely. Louisa, Absolutely. 
Absolutely. That's, that's, that's Emma's that's, life. It's just Emma, the donkeys. <laughs> that's a real reason why she doesn't want to stay and she wants to fuck off back to New York. She's like, no, man, these people just like, they're like, really my needy. parents, my parents aside, that's fine. But, you know, it's just a fucking slippery slope. They're so needy. I used to actually have evenings to myself. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, that's why her and Rumpelstiltskin, when they when they get along and they're on the same team, that's why it's like it's it's fucking great because I feel like it's like they bond over just really resenting how much people want things from them. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then it's also like, oh man, this this baby that they're gonna have, like, why can't you be more like your sister? She's the savior. <laughs> oh God, that kid's gonna like come I'm out like, of the womb like, with a complex, just preloaded complex just preloaded like solitaire right and i'm just like oh man what if this kid just wants to be a carpenter you know (laughs) an electrician a plumber you know these are all great jobs they are they're city jobs society yeah city jobs man county jobs man you get a nice pension you're set for the rest of your life you and your family it's like man i may not be the savior but no I'm one's calling I, me at 1 a.m. to round up donkeys either. <laughs> <laughs> and even if they are, guess what that means? Overtime, bitch. Ayo. Ayo. You'll get a bill in the mail. Yep. <laughs> He's like, I got someone signing my checks. Who's signing <laughs> checks to the savior? Do that all for are they pro paying bono? you what in donkeys, jump. Emma? <laughs> they should at this point. <laughs> Emma replies that she would love to break the curse like she did last time, but all she had to do before was believe and kiss Henry. She has done both after the second curse and not broken it. Regina realizes that it is Henry who has to believe, not Emma. Emma wonders how they can make Henry believe. The moms have an epiphany as they realize it's Henry's storybook that started their son on the path to belief. Emma says that remembering may not be the best thing as Henry has been through a lot of bad stuff. Regina quietly reminds her that he has been through good stuff as well. United, the group agrees to find the book as it is the best way to foil Zelina. Hashtag Henry has two moms. The scene changes to a car pulling up on a road next to Zelina holding a rose. Mr. Gold gets out of the car and comments on Zelina's lovely rose. She asks whether Mr. Gold has earned it. Like this is the fucking bachelor or something. <laughs> yes. Mr. That's all I thought at that point. I was like, he gets to stay on another week good i guess i don't I think, think he wants to i think the bachelor has started by this point oh I'm yeah sure oh for has. sure yeah i'm sure it was like an actual <laughs> is it on the same joke? network i think so no. abc this is abc family though right? no this is abc this is straight up abc it's not abc family oh uh the batch lore. yeah it was primetime abc i can't believe they plugged the bachelor on once upon a time I was just making a stupid joke. Sometimes I hate being right all the time. <laughs> Anywho, where the hell was I? Uh, <laughs> has he earned it? Mr. Gold opens the boot of the car to reveal a tied-up Captain Hook, and Zelina comments he has earned his rose. Yay! Welcome to The Bachelor. Hook demands to know why he has been tied up, as they have telephones in Storybrooke. Zelina strokes Hook's lips with the rose and comments on how pretty and wasted Captain Hook's lips are, and asks why he has not used these lips to kiss Emma. Ugh, stop saying lips, Zelina. She's said it so many times in the scene, and it's making me really uncomfortable. Yeah, my single note for this part was just, oh, barf. So that's where I'm at. The whole thing was way too, you got a pretty mouth for my tastes, honestly. Yeah, it was upsetting. Didn't love that. Nope. What is the, you got a pretty mouth from? 
Uh, I believe Deliverance. Oh. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Don't quote me, but I believe Deliverance. Yeah. Okay. I. I. Yeah. Okay. Hook jokes that he prefers to be courted. Selena interjects angrily that it is not a joke, and she needs Emma's magic removed. She threatens Hook and says that if he does not kiss Emma before Mary Margaret has her baby, she will have to start killing people Emma loves, starting with Henry. She demands Captain Hook take away Emma's magic, or else the next rose she has will be put on Henry's grave. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the Enchanted Scooby Gang are approaching the door to the Dark Castle. The evil queen goes to open a door against Robin Hood's advice before she is stopped by Robin shooting an arrow at the door to reveal a magical trap. Regina states Robin could have shot her head, whereas Robin comments that he was saving the door and did not take off her arm. They exchange insults before Snow White interjects to stop their fighting. Oh my god, I love their spat so much. I love when Regina was like, where you're from, they use pine cones for money. I laughed really hard. But not as hard as my wife did. No, it was honestly one of the best lines in this whole damn show. Regina gets all my respect for just the sickest of birds. <laughs> I also love how haughty she is with Robin. Like, I bet all of the diehard fans of Enemies to Lovers were like, yes, give us more. <laughs> I mean, probably. But this is definitely like, this is this is the part where Snow should have had a, a, a like a spray bottle. She already warned them with the flickering the lights, and now she needs the spray bottle. <laughs> She's gone from nice school teacher into unruly dog mm-hmm. mode at this nope. point. Bad. Mm-hmm. Bad, bad dog. Bad. 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 Bad queen. Bad. Off the couch. Bonk, bonk. Go to horny jail. <laughs> Oh, it's back. <laughs> I have not been put in horny jail for a long time. Thank you very much. There's still time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I will not give up my dreams. <laughs> There's still time. They all enter the grand room of the castle where they find Rumpelstiltskin locked in a cage, spinning his wheel, saying to himself that Rumple Bumple isn't here. Rumple Bumple gone, my dear. <laughs> I, I love how you say that with like contempt. <laughs> just the most done. <laughs> I was very done with this scene. I was just like, God damn it. <laughs> Regina marvels that he really is back from the dead, but Rumpelstiltskin only replies, dead, dead, so much better, dead. <laughs> Charming comments that Rumpelstiltskin has lost his mind, and Rumpelstiltskin angrily protests that he has not lost his mind, but now has two minds. Belle wonders aloud what Selena is doing to him to cause this. Snow assures her that it is nothing they can't undo before she asks Rumpelstiltskin how they can defeat Selina. He replies in nonsensical rhymes, so Belle tries asking him by speaking to the Rumpelstiltskin she knows and loves. He states it is light magic from the Good Witch of the South, otherwise known as Glinda, that can provide the method to defeat Selina. He then states Glinda was banished to the north of the Dark Forest by Zelina. So, fun fact, in case anyone is confused of why Glinda's from the south, in the books, in the Oz books, Glinda is originally the Good Witch of the South. The Good Witch of the North is the one who sent Dorothy Gale on her quest to go to the wizard, but that wasn't Glinda. The two characters were conflated for the 1939 film. Do, 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 do. The more you know. And knowing is half the battle. 
I feel like really a missed opportunity to not give the Glinda that we're going to meet a cute Southern accent. Yes. Considering how they decided to design her and yeah, dress her. Yeah, She would have been perfect to have a Southern accent. <laughs> I like, I remember her with a Southern accent. I swear I remember Yeah, you told me. Because I was like, do we get Glinda? And you were like, yeah, she has a really cute Southern accent. And then she showed up and I was like. I remember oh, you telling me she was a cute Southern belle. So she's very maybe Southern in the next belle. episode. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. she looks like one. Yeah, I, remember, I feel I think like she's pretty cute in the next episode, but apparently I, she just doesn't have the voice. I gave her that voice in my mind. <laughs> well, because I'm like missed opportunity. If it's if you're gonna have someone whose title is Glinda of the South, mm-hmm. to not have her have a cute Southern accent, just you saying. may as well lean in. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, wouldn't it have been amazing if that was Dolly Parton? Yes. Hell yes. Oh, she would have done it. I feel like oh, she, she would have. I mean, she played. She did a Taco port- Bell commercial. She portrayed Mexican pizza. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the Taco Bell musical. So yeah, if she's willing to be Mexican pizza, I'm sure she'd be Glinda of the South. <laughs> yeah. Still White inquires how they can find her in the dark forest. He responds in rhyme again, through the door, step inside. If pure of heart, then she won't hide before giggling to himself. You know, I'd offer to do these rhymes for you, but I just love the way you delivered them. <laughs> no, it's fine. I got it. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Back in Storybrooke, David comments that Mr. Gold's shop was a dead end in finding Henry's storybook. And can I say how much I hate the Storybrooke and Storybook were in one sentence together, (laughs) as it was very difficult for me, as Belle has just told over the phone. Mary Margaret asks Regina if the book was in Henry's bedroom, when Regina confirms it was not, as she has just searched it, and it must have been swept away by the last curse. David comments that a book cannot just disappear before Mary Margaret says that a book can just appear as it did in her closet after the first curse when she needed it, or more accurately, when Henry needed it, and he felt like he didn't have a real family. Although this comment upsets Regina. Mary Margaret stated that the book made Henry believe in happy endings. Regina agrees that Henry needs to believe again and that everyone needs to believe again. They agree to look in Mary Margaret's closet. The scene changes to Emma entering Granny's diner to tell Henry she is off checking a lead and will call him later, kisses him on the head, and leaves. And he's sitting next to Leroy, so she's once more leaving him with a friend with a boat. Always a friend with a boat. A friend with a boat who calls his deceased father Bay. <laughs> I want a friend with a boat. <laughs> who may or may not have dated your father. I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'd make my father so much more interesting. (laughs) When she exits, Henry follows her outside, questioning what lead she is after and whether it has anything to do with who killed his father. He demands to know everything as he feels she has been lying since they both arrived in Storybrooke. Emma says he doesn't deserve to know everything as she is his mother and knows best. He seems to give up except he asks for Emma's keys and states if he is to be held prisoner, he would like her keys so he can at least have his Game Boy. She gives him the keys while he glares at her back as she walks away. Everyone gives Emma such a disapproving look in this scene. Like every single one of them is like, not cool, Emma. Don't yell at Henry. He's our good, good boy. Badly done, Emma. That's perfect use for that reference. Okay. Thank you. Badly done, Emma. Tell me. It's It's from from Emma. Emma. It's after. uh, Oh, as in Jane Austen? Uh, Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never seen it after she makes fun of miss bates right and then yeah. knightley goes off on her being like he goes like badly done emma badly done emma because she is not your equal and you look down on her and he's so mad badly done emma i do very much recommend the anya taylor joy version of it 
Oh, I've, I've heard, heard, I've heard that one's great. really good. Which really is, in great. fact, the one I am referencing. Okay. Lee Don Emma. But it's, I mean, it's very good. It's in all of them. There's it's in all of them, but I was doing his voice. There's some great. You just cannot great tell. Emma's. Because I am a lady. Oh, man. The miniseries with Johnny Lee Miller. Oh, so good. The costuming is spectacular in the Anya Taylor-Joy. Oh, yeah. Them. It's beautiful. I love that one. That one is great. I recommend it. Just dropping that in the middle of Once Upon a Time. If anyone here has not seen the Anya Taylor-Joy Emma, it's very good. Watch it. It has um Mia Goth in it. Ooh. She's a horror darling, so it makes sense to me that that didn't land. Okay. Also in it is Bill Nighy. Is Emma's mm-hmm. father. He's great. Oh, I love Mia Bill Nighy. Oh, and Miss Bates is Miranda Hart, who starred in Miranda with Tom Ellis. So there's our Once Upon a Time connection. We see Henry go through the back of Granny's diner to find Emma's car. He tries to open Emma's car with her keys. Captain Hook catches Henry doing this and questions him as to where he is going and says he is in a rush considering Henry says he's going nowhere. Henry confesses he's going home and Hook says he's running away. Henry states he wants to drive to the nearest bus station. Hook says that this is too dangerous. Henry says he does not care what Hook thinks. He attempts to get in the car again until Hook says he is a better way for Henry to return home. We see Regina, Emma, David, and Mary Margaret search through Mary Margaret's closet where they find lots of clothes and shoes. During this scene, we get lots of great shots of like this metal flower sculpture on Mary Margaret's bedroom nook wall. And it's so beautiful. Just, I love her loft set design so much. Her loft is very cute. It's so Mm -hmm. cute. But like this metal sculpture is just so Mary Margaret. It's really, it's really pretty. Finally, Mary Margaret locates the storybook in a sweater chest where Emma just unsuccessfully searched. Regina says if they can locate a chapter on Oz in the book, they can find out who or what Selena loved, whose heart she had to crush to create the curse, and then they will know how to defeat her. David and Regina exit the room to look through the book. Mary Margaret questions how Emma did not see the book, which Emma insists was not there. Mary Margaret asks if Emma is okay, as she appears anxious, and asks why Emma yelled at Henry, which is what we all fucking want to know, by the way. Yeah. Emma states she had forgotten what Storybrooke was like with its wicked witches, time traveling, and holy wars, and does not want this life for Henry, which really doesn't exclude yelling at him because that's not his fucking problem. But whatever. (laughs) That's just my opinion. (laughs) Mary Margaret questions whether that means taking him back to New York once Selena has been defeated, which Emma confirms. Mary Margaret realizes that Emma does not want Henry to get his memories back. Emma denies this, saying that Henry getting his memory back is the only way to break the curse. So she knows it must be done, but does not want this being harder than necessary on Henry, as their life in New York was really good. Mary Margaret reminds her that New York isn't home. Emma says it was for them, but Mary Margaret counters that it was only home because Emma had forgotten about them. Mary Margaret gets up and says they need to get Henry. I don't know, it's kind of guilt trippy a little bit. Like, I mean, I get it, like, from a mom point of view, right? Like, it wasn't home, it wasn't us. But it's like, she didn't have you guys for a long time, and she just remembered you, you know? Like, give her time to just, like, mourn this, you know? Like, give, just give her a minute. Give her a minute, Snow. (laughs) Snow's just very, like, nesting right now. Oh, yeah. You know, because of, like, the Plus, she's got big Prager brain right now. Yeah, she's just got big pregnancy brain. So I get it. But I'm just kind of like, I feel bad for Emma because I'm just like, 
no it it is it is guilt trippy but i feel like snow is in like the nesting pregnancy brain stage where she essentially is just becoming the dad from my big fat greek wedding oh yeah get married make me love why you want to leave me why you want to leave me (laughs) yeah exactly why you want to leave me Dear fair folk, when the narrators three initially embarked on this quest, the land without magic was cursed with a plague. Its presence made a weekly show possible. However, while the plague still exists, it is no longer an impressive force in our lives. Our realm has opened up, and we are able to resume the vibrant lives we once held prior to the curse. In light of this, the narrators three have decided that it is in everyone's best interest to switch to a bi-weekly schedule effective immediately. This shift will allow us to maintain the quality of the podcast while avoiding personal burnout. We hope you understand and will continue with us on this magical journey called Once Upon a Rewatch. Graciously, the narrator's three. Basically, we're moving the show from uh, once a week release to in every other week release. I know that means you'll be getting, you know, half the content per month that you used to, But we hope with this change, we can bring you the best show possible. So please stick with us. We we love and appreciate you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Back in the dark forest, Charming gives Snow White a snowbell for good luck while Regina looks on disdainfully. <laughs> this little moment was so cute. It was very cute. I, Regina, I, li- I like Regina's like, oh, Jesus. She's so just like, God, why do I have to be the fucking third wheel for these yeah. two? <laughs> <laughs> Regina reminds Prince Charming and Snow White that they are searching for the one person who can stop imminent doom and save their unborn child. And that they should not be stopping to smell the roses as a babbling madman sent them on a wild goose chase as it is. Regina is so mad, but like kind of in a friendly way. And Snow and Charming are so cute and in love. And this is just an adorable scene. I I enjoyed the three of them having their little adventure. I feel like she's kind of at the point where she's just like, these dopey assholes. But yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I guess they're my dopey assholes now. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah bless their hearts (laughs) it is at this moment they locate a door that leads to nowhere snow white repeats rumpelstiltskin's riddle before going through the door and seemingly disappearing prince charming follows her regina sneers it is a cheap cloaking spell and attempts to follow them both but the door does not let her bitch i love your confidence but you are not pure of heart (laughs) the scene is really good if they could curse on the show this scene would have been perfect if it had just ended with Regina going, well, 
shit. <laughs> like that's that was that frame at the end. <laughs> oh, for sure. It absolutely was. Just the long shot of her just like looking around, like like realizing she's just in the same forest and she just like, essentially took like five steps forward balls. and it's like through a hoopah or something and then mm-hmm. she's just like well fuck me and there's just yeah. like a lone cricket noise <laughs> <laughs> so good on the other side of the door in a wintry landscape snow and charming meet the good witch of the south glinda glinda is fabulous and she has a butt bow. I love her cartoonishly huge butt bow. So, okay. In addition to not, like, catching a lot of, like, music reference that you two have, I can sometimes get face blindness with blonde actresses. And <laughs> I ha- and I kind of had to do this cartoonish double take because she looks like a fantasy beauty queen version of Jennifer Morrison. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> and she kind of does, though. Right? A little right? bit. I don't, th- I don't think that's a face blindness thing. I feel like... They both I feel like have like someone square was like, faces, which is yeah. unusual yeah. on yeah. women. Glinda's a little rounder, a little rounder. She's rounder in the cheeks, yeah. but they still have like a square jaw kind of. You I know? definitely feel like if we got to like the guest star section, you were like, plays Glinda, who is actually the sister of Jennifer Morrison. I'd be like, okay, I can see that. Right. They inquire why Regina could not get through, and Glenda tells them that the evil queen has a heart heavy with vengeance and does not have the kind of heart which is required to get through the door. Glinda states that she knows who Snow White is, has heard many tales of her bravery, and has her own pure heart, and knows her baby has a pure heart. Charming says they have been told that Glinda's light magic will help defeat the Wicked Witch, and they have come to ask for her help. Glinda totally, like, you know, gassed up Snow, like, oh, I've heard tales about all your bravery, and I know that your pure heart is legendary, and your baby was, will be. And then there's Charming. It's like, it's like again, like, and the king. Hooray! Yeah. Hooray! King. <laughs> and this guy. <laughs> and look, there's Snow White's husband. Oh, and you brought <laughs> your husband with you, too. That's cool. Well, yeah, he's pure of heart. I mean, you know. He's, he's fine, a hi- I guess. He's a himbo. <laughs> they only have pure hearts. Exactly. They're not smart enough to do bad. <laughs> They're just golden retriever. Bipedal golden retrievers. Basically. Oh. Oh, Glinda unwillingly just doing a sick burn on Charming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so sad. Glinda states that her magic has never been powerful enough to defeat Selena. It wouldn't be a truly shameless wicked ripoff until Glinda states that she has known Zelina a long time and they used to be friends when things were different. Glinda says that despite her best efforts to be a positive influence on Zelina, the Wicked Witch ultimately gave in to her dark magic. I mean, she has daddy issues and once that baby goat giggling gobbin problematic fave Rumple D. I hate the words you just said. I know. That's why I said them. <laughs> anyway, she bonk, does bonk. say... Bonk, bonk. <laughs> I told you. I told you there was still time. That's not horny, Jill. I'm not horny. Selena um, is. Mm-hmm. Me thinks she doth protest too much. <laughs> whatever. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever, man. God. Screw you. I'm going home. <laughs> Make my own club with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> it's for Futurama. Oh, my God. Wait, have you have you not seen that episode of Futurama? No, we've established that my knowledge of Futurama is very limited. There's an episode where they all they go to the moon, and there's a theme park on the moon, and Bender gets thrown out of it because he's Bender. Uh huh. And he's like, 
fine, whatever. I'll make my own mood with blackjack and hookers. <laughs> Second thought, forget the blackjack. Oh, God. Anyway, one of the best Futurama scenes. <laughs> She does say there is a way of stopping her, as Zelina has a pendant where all her magic is concentrated. If removed, this will weaken her enough to defeat her. She is also that called said, a MacGuffin. Is that a MacGuffin, Elisa? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not Elisa, but yeah. Oh no, I just asked Elisa because film school, but I guess you would know too. Yeah, yeah. I don't it know. comes up in mystery novels. Oh, this is true. Yes, that's why I know what a MacGuffin is. Yeah, because I read I read an incredibly meta mystery novel back in like the beginning of college that was like what was it called it was called like the hollow chocolate bunny men of the apocalypse and they straight up at one point are like that's our MacGuffin," mm. <laughs> and like explain what a MacGuffin is that's funny i remember liking it i don't remember too much about it other than they straight up were like that's our MacGuffin." nice <laughs> i like self-awareness like that i remember it being very self-aware very genre savvy characters yeah if removed this will weaken her enough to defeat her she also says that it is only her with the purest white magic who can defeat Selena. Snow White realizes that Emma is the one to do this, as she is the product of true love and the savior. Glinda agrees it is she, and only she, who can defeat Selena. Charming states Emma is not in this land, and Glinda informs them that without Emma, the quest is futile. Snow says there may be a way to get to Emma, and with dawning horror, Charming understands what she means. Another dark curse. The scene abruptly cuts to Regina's indignant reaction to the cockamamie plan the Charmings have cooked up. Even Are if you Reg- crazy? <laughs> <laughs> She's very indignant. It's wonderful. Uh-huh. Even if Regina believed Glinda, which she does not, she cannot perform another curse to take them back to Storybrooke without harming Henry as she has to hurt the person she loves the most. Snow White says there must be another way to enact the curse, and the Queen says if there was, she would never have murdered her father. Charming inquires as to alternative portals like magic beans or Jefferson's hat. Regina reminds that, that, yeah, Charming, the reason we don't have Jefferson's hat is because you broke it with your ass. <laughs> Need we remind you, so you thank you for it. that. We'd have a portal if you had the sat on it. Regina reminds him that the curse to remove them from Storybrooke following Peter Pan's curse placed a divide between the two realms, which meant all the portals do not exist to those who the curse brought back. Regina adamantly insists she cannot cast the spell. In a truly inspiring moment of pure himbo, Charming says that Snow White can enact the curse, and offered his heart for her to do so. Naturally, Snow rejects this idea, and is confident that they will find another way, as they always find another way. Regina's look when Charming pulls this reminded me of one of my favorite films as a little girl called All Dogs Go to Heaven. It's a Don Bluth film. I was absolutely obsessed with it. And the antagonist is a mobster dog called Carface. By the way, when I wrote this note, I just understood 30 years later that that's a play on <laughs> Al Pacino Scarface. <laughs> oh, no, really? Yeah. yeah. Oh. I mean, I've never seen oh, Scarface. Oh, it's okay. I still love you. You know, you're not actually missing that much. Uh, yeah. It's, it's really I, overrated. And this is from someone who loves mob films. Yeah, I like mob films, but this one, oh, it always just looked not good. It's not good. Michelle he, Pfeiffer's very hot. That's the only thing, good thing I can say about it. Wow. Well, and I can just look at pictures. Look up Michelle Pfeiffer blue dress Scarface and you've seen everything you need to see in the movie. There you go. But Carface has this line of bewildered outrage where he goes, moron, I'm surrounded by morons. And that's the look that Regina has on her face. And it's glorious. I feel like it's also semi-coupled with the fact that they're just like throwing around like 
you can cast the spell. And Regina's like, hello, I am standing here. The only magic user in this group. Right. And also but just sure. throwing it around. Sure. Like, just kill me. It's okay, Mary Margaret. Just kill me. Your husband you love so much. You're like, um, oh, you don't, no. you, don't, you, you, yeah, it doesn't no. matter that you're like totally about to pop with, with this baby yeah. and stuff. And- but sure, be a single mother. I, I feel like the scene had to cut so you didn't see Regina just like stamp off 20 feet and just scream into a tree. Yeah. <laughs> just start like throwing fireballs at trees mm-hmm. like randomly or she's just like, why, why, why did my otherwise intelligent stepdaughter marry this guy? <laughs> oh, oh, he's very lovable. He's a good dad, but God damn, he does not damn. have two brain cells to rub together and make fire bless his heart <laughs> bless his heart which he's just offering to be crushed yeah yeah <laughs> back in storybrook regina mary margaret and david are sat in granny's diner when emma walks in and informs them that she cannot find henry and he still has her keys Uh-oh. yeah Ruh-ro. Ruh-ro, raggy. <laughs> she informs them that she has located henry using the gps on his phone and he is at the storybrook docks Meanwhile, at the docks, Henry is with Captain Hook and Mr. Smee. Hook tells Henry that Mr. Smee is taking a boat to New York and will be happy with Henry's company. Henry is on to the fact that Smee is going to steal a boat, and before he agrees, Henry asks Hook why he's helping him. Before Hook can answer, a flying monkey appears. Because of course. Because of course. (laughs) And the three of them run into the boathouse to escape it. What a way for Henry to find out that magic is real. Just being attacked by a flying monkey. Like, gross. I am so sorry, Henry. Yeah, I'd be having nightmares for life. Okay, so I still can't look at a chimp or any of, like, the original Planet of the Apes characters because of a nightmare I vividly remember having when I was six. And one of the local stations in Philly was doing a Planet of the Apes marathon on TV. And my mom and my brother love those films. So what did they do? They sat their asses right in front of the living room TV and they watched it all day. And I'm sorry. Yeah. And I had a horrible, horrible nightmare that night. And I still remember it very vividly. And that's one of the main reasons why I don't like chimps and monkeys. And and yeah, no, Mm -mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-mm-mm. so poor henry he's gonna have to go back to archie okay. yeah hook tells smee to take the boy and find a boat while he deals with the monkeys hook shoots his gun at the monkeys and just as his gun runs out of ammunition emma regina mary margaret and david appear to help him defeat the monkeys okay but that could have been aurora or little john or someone important holy shit seriously they just <laughs> killed off four enchanted forest and or storybrook residents some of the dwarfs are monkeys too and they know this they know this they Uh saw little john transform like r.i.p innocent storybrook citizens yeah yikes also regina has this this is why i hate pets line like she wasn't the biggest goddamn horse girl ever yeah. yeah, I think Regina is the kind of person who would not categorize horses as pets, but like the most prized member of the family. <laughs> well, I mean, horse True. girl. And when she first tried to cast the curse, she was oh, like, yeah. did kill her most. horse. She did the she horse first. Horse. Yeah. Yeah. Which does imply that even though it's not what set off the curse, that she did love that horse more than she loved her dad. And who could blame her because her father sucked and is useless? <laughs> mm-hmm. 
With the monkeys gone, Henry is more confused than ever, and really, who could blame him? He asks about the monkeys, why David has a sword, and what is going on. Emma tells Henry he deserves to know the truth, apologizes for keeping stuff from him, and hands him the storybook. He inquires why he needs to know about fairy tales before Emma asks him if he trusts her. He affirms his trust before Emma subsequently asks him to believe in magic. From a book, Henry inquires, Emma insists, it's more than a book. Do you believe in me? He says yes. She says, take it, but she does. Once he reaches for the book, his memories come flooding back. He remembers that both Emma and Regina are his mothers. Hashtag Henry has two moms. Hashtag Henry has two moms. And says repeatedly, I remember, as he remembers everybody and everything about his life before the most recent curse. Before Emma can kiss him to break the curse, Zelina appears. <sighs> Whis yeah. <laughs> I mean, we knew we weren't going to get through the rest of the episode without her showing up. We're not that lucky. I know. Whisking Henry into her clutches. Regina tries to get him back, but Selena knocks her unconscious. Selena tells him that Hook failed her, and he knew the price of doing so. Selena starts to strangle Henry, but Emma draws upon her light magic, injuring Selena enough to make her release Henry. Selena tells them to enjoy this moment as they don't have many left before disappearing. Henry rushes to Regina's side, trying to awaken Regina. Back in the Enchanted Forest, the gang are making the potion required for the curse. Snow White says that she can't do this, and Regina and Charming remind her that she can. Wait, wait, wait. This is the dumbass plan. I thought we all agreed that this was the dumb shit plan. I'm just like, dude, Charming, don't force your wife to do this. <sighs> Snow White says that her child will never know their father if she does this. David says her baby will always know their father through their mother and the love he has for her in life and death. They tell each other they love each other in life and death and embrace and kiss and start to tear up. They break apart and Charming tells Regina to remove his heart. Snow tells him again she loves him more than anything and Charming reminds her that is why she has to crush it. She holds his heart over the potion and crushes it. Charming falls to the floor and dies. Charming, you deserve better than to get killed in this bad CGI landscape. Again. 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 For I, fuck's sake. I know. Like, hey, once upon a time, this this is this is rude. The scene is rude, and it's mean to my feelings. I don't like it. Regina reminds her that his death will not be in vain, and they will go back to Storybrooke and defeat Selina. However, at that moment, Selina flies in on her broomstick, performing magic on the potion in a way that felt honestly way too convenient, if you ask me. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ, she's like a bad penny. Yeah, but just like the fact she just. She just had that just ready to go. It's like, all right, sure, convenient, but all right, let's go, I guess. And says, did you really think you could enact Rumpel's dark curse and I wouldn't know about it? Like, we could fucking hope, I guess. <laughs> the queen says she knew Zelina would find out, but didn't care as Zelina is too late. Selena says she is not too late and that the sacrifice of Charming was for nothing. Snow White worries Charming has died in vain, but Regina insists Selena's bluffing as once the curse is enacted, it can't be stopped. Selena agrees with the queen, but says that instead of stopping the curse, she can spice it up a bit. Selena then adds a forgetting potion to the curse, which she just happened to have on her, to ensure that they will not have their memories in Storybrooke of the last year, and everything they have discovered about Selena to this point. Fucking convenient. Lazy writing. <laughs> I'm saying it. It's lazy writing. 
Snow insists they will find a way, but Selena taunts her, saying they'll be too busy looking for Charming, as they will not be aware of his sacrifice and wondering where he is. Selena then sasses Regina before riding off on her broomstick. Bye. <laughs> Bye, bitch. Bye. Bye, Felicia. Back in Storybrooke, Henry succeeds in waking Regina. They embrace, and Regina says that she will never let him go away again, and that she loves him. It is Regina's kiss of Henry that then breaks the curse as their memories come back and they remember the missing year. I really do love, love, love the parallel of this scene and the season one finale. Like, oh, Henry has two moms who love him very much. And it's like a really big deal that it's Regina's kiss this time that brings him back. It's a lovely moment. Lovely moment. And it at least does something to sort of undo a lot of the icky like you're not his real mom you just adopted him shit that we got in season one Absolutely. yeah yeah, yeah. which really, which thank you because that's fucking gross it's yeah really i love nice. that instantly henry was worried about her and like <gasps> mom yeah you know? yeah this was, a, this was a really really shining moment of this episode mm-hmm. emma asks them how zelina cast the curse and mary margaret says zelina did not cast it but they did Mary Margaret explained they did this as Zelina's weakness is light magic, and Emma is the only one who can defeat her, which is why they paid the price of the curse. Emma wonders how they paid the price of the curse, as they are both still here, which makes no sense, considering the curse requires the heart of the one you love the most. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Snow White has a realization and begs the queen to take her heart, as her and David have had the same heart since he woke her from the sleeping curse. She asks Regina to split her heart in half, as that will mean they can both survive. Regina tries to reason with her as she says that taking the heart and splitting it in two is not like plucking a flower. However, Snow White believes her heart is strong enough for both her and Charming. Snow White begs Regina, who ultimately concedes. I mean, of course it's going to work, Regina. There's a whole song about it. What are you, new? Constant and true. There you go. One song. Oh! One heart heart tenderly tenderly beating. beating. (gasps) That's right. Ever entreating, constant and true. I do like one song. It's great, great song. Like, oh, I just love that man's it. voice. Oh, Florian. And tenor. Yeah, yeah God, it's beautiful. Yeah. yeah, he. Yeah, that is that is a man whose voice is of its era, mm-hmm. and it's amazing. Oh yeah, oh, abs- absolutely. Did that film come out in thirty seven? Thirty seven, right? Thirty thirty nine? No, that's too late, right? Thirty seven. Thirty seven. Ah! <laughs> very nineteen thirties voice. Oh, incredibly it's a it's a very it's a very matinee idol voice mm-hmm. yeah so good so good speaking of so good this scene between these two is it's so fucking good you can tell during this moment and the previous scene how much regina has grown to actually care about snow and charming and it's not like really explicitly said but it's just all in lana's performance and lana is just so good ah mm-hmm. <sighs> And, and Jennifer is so good, and the scene is great. Regina takes Snow White's heart, splits it in two, and places half of the heart in each of their chests. Snow recovers first, before Charming abruptly joins her. They kiss as the curse simmers over them. Man, this, this whole thing was its a rough ride on my heart. I remember what happened, but I was like, no, don't, don't make them go through this. But I do legitimately love that like Lynn said, it it is a literal interpretation of the lyrics to one song from the animated Snow White. I love that, especially since I'm really gay and it's a really important song for Lynn and me. So it just made me extra sappy this time. So 
I don't know. I just, I love Snow and Charming so much. They're wonderful. They're so and wonderful. And the fact that they're married in real life. And I know, it's so, so pregnant. Oh, it's so cute. They had to write the whole thing because she got knocked up. Yeah. Because <laughs> they're, they're like, having oh, a baby. Gotta figure out how to put that in the plot. <laughs> Back in the storybook docs, Henry is telling Regina about how much he loved New York, including the pizza, the Yankees, and his school, and an apple tree he liked in Central Park. He's also like, I finally learned math. School wasn't just birdhouse building there. <laughs> I enjoyed that as well. <laughs> Henry asks what he missed in Storybrooke, and Regina replies that he has missed nothing much. He takes the opportunity to inquire about the man Regina was kissing earlier that day. Regina tries to change the conversation back to Henry, but he does not let her off the hook. She tells him about Robin Hood and that they had just started seeing each other. Speaking of the devil, Robin enters the docks. Robin remembers how during the missing year, his relationship with Regina was a lot more rocky. Regina agrees he is more likable in present-day storybook for some reason. They all subsequently walk out of the docks. I do love in this scene when she's like, it's Robin Hood. And then Henry's like, oh, sweet. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. He has Robin like a little Hood. fanboy moment. He's just like, oh, cool. Robin Hood. It's really cute. Look, it's sweet. Meanwhile, Emma questions Killian as to what Zelina was talking about and whether he was working for her. Hook tries to explain that Zelina had him backed into a corner and he tried everything to resist her plans. He admits to going so far as trying to send Henry out of town and out of Zelina's reach. I mean, I thought it was a clever plan. Henry and Smee could have started their own pirate radio station together. It wasn't bad, honestly. It really wasn't bad. Like, he's getting a lot of shit. It's it's kind of a solid plan. Yeah, like, yeah get him out of the situation. Get him out yeah, of Storybrooke. He's like, let's get him out of Storybrooke, yeah. Like, he's he's getting a lot of shit, and don't get me wrong, he usually makes pretty dumb choices, but he did something smart for once. Yeah. yeah he does not deserve the shit that he has been getting. At least not for this. No, no, no. Yeah, not for this. No, not for this. Hook explains that Selena cursed his lips to try and get him to steal Emma's magic for her. He confirms that Selena knows that Emma can defeat her. Emma insists it should have been her decision to protect Henry, not Hook's, and that she cannot trust him whether his hand was forced or not. David agrees with Emma and insists that Hook has lied about more than just this. Mary Margaret says that he told them that he brought Emma to Storybrooke as he received a message from Mary Margaret and David with a memory potion to get Emma to come back and remember, and they know that this did not happen. Hook insists he still received that message and the memory potion, and that it is the truth. He asks who else would do that. Back in the Enchanted Forest, Rumpelstiltskin watches Zelina make a potion and says he has tasted the brew before. Zelina tells him they are about to take an unplanned trip as the curse is coming. Rumpelstiltskin tells her that she has failed. Zelina tells him to stop being dour as she will succeed in changing the past and can do that from any land and her spell will work. <laughs> stop being dour. You know that like they if like if they could curse like she would have been like stop being a little bitch. <laughs> stop being such a bitch about everything. <laughs> Rumpelstiltskin reminds her that that is the case only as long as she remembers the spell. Selena assures him she will remember as it is a memory potion she has just brewed and this will keep her recollection safe. She takes a drink from it before giving the rest to Rumpelstiltskin, saying he's welcome to drink it or dump it as his brains are still hers regardless of what he can remember. He tells himself that memories are pain and pain is strength for vengeance. Neil then forces his way out of Rumpelstiltskin's body and Ooh. says they do. Yeah. Ooh. 
out his belly that he got shoved in. <laughs> and says, they do not need to remember, but Emma does. Oh, Neil. I miss you, baby. Miss you, Neil. Neil. Miss you. Neil gives a bird at the window the memory potion vial and a handwritten message and instructs the bird to find Killian Jones of the Jolly Roger and to go. The bird flies away with it. Beautiful Disney princess, Neil. We didn't deserve you. Neil, I love you. I miss you. Goodbye. Okay, first of all, I didn't know that it was Neil that sent this message. Like, that's amazing and so sweet and heroic. Although, as much as I love Rumple, Neil should have just left him and let the curse take him back to Storybrooke. It's Emma's magic, not Rumple's, that will defeat Zelina. And all Neil wanted Rumple back for was to get back to Emma and Henry. They're going back. The curse is coming. Problem solved. <laughs> like, yeah. And also, I fucking loved it that Michael Raymond James just fucking snatched that dove. <laughs> I was oh, like, yeah. yeah. I was like, holy shit. <laughs> He's like, all right, I'm, go- I'm going in. I'm going for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Rumple did not mind being dead. Like, yeah he was fine with it yeah yeah he even cause... like when his brains were all scrambled and everything he was like i you know he even like said like you know i you know pretty much wish wish that he was dead he would have been better off dead yeah i think it's because neil's a hero so he couldn't have left his father just <sighs> yeah on the floor yeah but, but still i still i i just i damn him needing to be the bigger man i know it's not even neil's that it's too like, good it's like this fucking show could have easily like been like, well, fuck it. I got to go and tell her, don't worry, Papa, I'll come back for you, you know, or something. We did it once. We could do it again. You know, like, I don't think they're smart enough for that. No, child. they're just, they're not. They're not. And it makes me so mad that so they many stupid people were, make shows. Nah, they were too much of cowards to keep Neil around. He was too a shame. hot. A shame. He was too hot. We could have had Neil. He could have stayed. They could have done the love story they wanted and still had Neil be his own character. That that is definitely a hill I will die on. All right. Well, come on. One more paragraph. We're almost done. We're almost done. done. Back in Storybrooke, Henry and Emma are at Neil's grave while Mary Margaret and David watch them. Henry says that Neil was a hero and Emma agrees, saying that Neil did not give a second thought before sacrificing himself for Henry and everyone else. Henry places a rose on the grave and asks Emma whether it was hard coming back to Storybrooke when it was dangerous and their life in New York was pretty good. Emma said that their life in New York was more than good, but she could not shake Henry's voice in her head and how he would have voted on this had he known. Henry agrees and states that Operation Cobra is back on, to which Emma retorts that Operation Cobra never ended. Mary Margaret lets out a shriek as she realizes she is going into labor. And the episode's finally over. (laughs) I, I think I've mentioned it before, but when Lynn and me watched this arc the first time, we actually marathoned it in like a couple sittings, like maybe over two days while we were working on costumes. We had fallen behind watching the show live after the Neverland arc and wanted to catch up quickly in order to watch the season four premiere live. I definitely have some foggy memories of season 3b and so some of the things that have happened in these past episodes i've been like what i remember that what i didn't remember that at all but one of the parts i i did remember very clearly and was waiting for was regina kissing henry's forehead and breaking the new curse with true love's kiss i thought then and i still do now that this was just such a lovely mirror to the finale of season one with emma doing the same and 
it's especially important because it shows us how far Regina has come to have this like you know the selfless love being able to break this curse Mm -hmm. um it was the climax here of this episode both the scene with Henry and Regina as well as the flashbacks with Snow and Regina saving Charming by sharing Snow's heart that really got me and and drew my attention uh, away from my multitasking while I was watching this the first time and then because of that the next three episodes I actually remember pretty well because I had been pulled back in by these scenes and I'm pretty sure I just straight up watched the next three without actually working on anything and I do remember actually really enjoying the end of this arc so I'm I'm excited to rewatch it and to see if I still enjoy it on on rewatch and watching it a little more critically the contents of this episode and the next three had had been a little jumbled for me. The next three are still very jumbled for me in my memory because I watched them back to back in one sitting. But I remember it being a good time. So I'm I'm excited to relive it because once again, like these two scenes were like, yeah, this is real. Like it pulled me back in. I don't mind this episode. I I do think it suffered a little from having some really good bits, but then taking way too long to get to the point. Like as mentioned, the Snow and Charming plotline is beautiful, and the callback to the original curse, except now being of the, oh, look, Regina is a goodish person, now is well done, but it spends a really long time trying to get you to the important parts and fills that time with, like, too many monkeys and too much Emma being a shout woman at Henry when he just doesn't want to spend his entire adolescence sitting on a stool in Granny's diner. So, like, it wasn't bad, and it had things I liked. But also, yeah, lots of monkeys and shouty, shouty Emma. Yeah, so I have zero recollection of this episode. So all of it was new to me. I think episode 18 is where I must have stopped watching. And honestly, could you blame me? (laughs) As far as this episode goes, everything to do with Zelina and fucking monkeys can just get tossed in a dumpster fire. But all of the scenes with Regina and the charming Swan family were really something special and made this episode pretty good in my books so yeah i liked it talk about costumes yeah let's talk let's talk about costumes a lot to like there this episode there's a lot to like snow's red number in the opening scene like when they're in the enchanted forest is such a scene stealer like i don't even like red but i love that get up yeah i loved snow's red outfit in the opening scene it's it's a little different from her but it was beautiful and having her and charming both in that that crimson was Mm -hmm. was lovely i find it unifying too because regina is also now in red in storybrook Mm -hmm. also aurora's hair was extra lovey lovely lovey it's very lovey (laughs) it was really it was really overly affectionate yes it was (laughs) It was kind of like a great, it kind of reminded me of like a Grace Kelly updo sort of situation. Um, mm-hmm. And Belle's paisley print cape in the Enchanted Forest scene was like very like autumnal, very foresty, which I loved. All the outfits there in that scene really stood up to Regina's outfit, which is always very like tasteful, but regal, you know, so it's always like glittering in some way. So usually it's her outfits that are the kind of like the scene stealer, the showcase. But I have to say, I think everyone, even Aurora was wearing like a beautiful, like white cape. Mm -hmm. All of it was just stunning. I loved how many Enchanted Forest costumes we got in this one. Basically everyone had multiple costume changes and it 
It did really well to show the passage of time while they planned and ultimately made the call to cast the curse. I was especially glad to see my favorite blue charming costume again in the second flashback scene. I just think it's it's my personal favorite of his outfits. And I also enjoyed that in one of the flashbacks, Robin has like a fantasy hoodie. Like it's it definitely kind of looks like a hoodie, but it's mm-hmm. but it's fantasy. Hoodie but make it fantasy. It was it looked nice. And in the present day Storybrook, I thought Regina's red dress was really cute. It's still classy, but also being very like like flirty and sexy and showing her her confidence in her new relationship with Robin. It's Gucci. Oh. Mm-hmm. Everyone has already touched on most of what I liked costume-wise, other than that Glinda of the South has the most fabulous hair and makeup. Like, she looked like the most over-the-top Southern beauty queen, and I loved that for her. Yeah, I think Eduardo really leaned hard into that of the South part. <laughs> Just a bit. The hair. I think the hair got kind of... Missed opportunity not having her have a Southern accent. Uh, yeah, right? Would have really she had it all going. She yeah. looked like a Southern belle. They should have given her a Southern accent. Yeah, did it was a great look. N- not that it was a good movie, because it absolutely 100% was not. But didn't... Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Maybe I'm thinking of the other... The Wrinkle in Time. But uh, didn't Reese Witherspoon play one of the witches in Oz the Great and Powerful? No. um, nope. Linda was Michelle, Michelle Williams. Michelle Williams. Oh. It was Michelle Williams. Oh, Christ. I get Rachel Vice. Rachel Weisz and um, Mila Kunis. Mila Kunis. I was like, that 70s show. They oh. were the three witches. Oh. And no one had a Southern accent. But Reese Witherspoon is in A Wrinkle in Time. Yes, I do know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, it's just the dress I was getting. The dress. The big dress. I was like, man, it's too bad Reese Witherspoon wasn't doing TV around this time. Because, man. Oh, she, I know. Her little been accent. Great, Glenda. Yeah, that would have been cute. They just, they just mad that they couldn't get Kristen Chenoweth. <laughs> I know. Oh yeah, that would be a conflict. I, I, I assume. <laughs> I, they get her, they I, get her later as Maleficent in Descendants. It's true. Mm-hmm. And she gets the be- one of the best songs. I in love the Descendants I franchise. Love, I love her song. She, she doesn't get. She's yeah, she is. Tiny yeah, it's thing. So oh, I know. Cute. She's so cute because so she's cute. just like I'm evil. I'm five foot tall. <laughs> she has a little song that's like don't you want to be evil like me and you're just it's like really I love cute you. Jazzy. it's not <laughs> love you uh, it's Kennedy. not the best song in all of descendants because that's queen of mean <laughs> but it's one of the best songs in descendants <laughs> i unabashedly love descendants and i don't care i love it with all your heart babe i do rotten to the core there's more songs than rotten to the <laughs> core elisa <laughs> so many ways to be wicked well at least now you've got two anyway we can go to one chilling 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 like a villain we don't have a guest star no no I guest mean, stars we do but i'm saving them for oh you're gonna do glenda next week yes okay that's fair because the because all the witches will be there then yeah there's oh, a lot okay, of glenda yeah, next week. Right. yeah yeah plus dorothy I'm excited I've, I've, i i remember liking all. next episode i remember really liking next episode, i've never so. seen it so i'm excited Nice. Hey, we're getting to the part that's all new to you. This is all new to me. Oh, oh man. Shit, man. The the I never finale, finished. Apparently, I finished I never finished season three. I hope the two-part finale is as fun as I remember it being, because I remember it being a really fun two-parter. <laughs> so my expectations might be too high. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right. So it's time 
to travel through the doorway to the north of Once Upon a Timeline now. All right. Because <laughs> my heart's pure. Okay. <laughs> so I can step through that door. Sure, Jan. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so the flashbacks in this episode follow relatively shortly after those you've seen in season three, episode 14, The Tower, and season three, episode 15, Quiet Minds. As when we pick up here, Snow is pretty far along in her pregnancy, and Belle has returned to her friends, letting them know of Rumpel's return and Neil's almost but not quite death. And then the scene we've seen that takes place the most immediately after it is when Killian shows up on Emma's doorstep at the end of season three, episode 11, Going Home. All right, time for some rants and raves. Well, I babysat my niece and nephew, Kitties, and I had a major breakthrough with Merlin. Yay! I was so proud of the updates with Merlin. I was like, damn, look at her go. Look at her. And you got, I mean, I couldn't obviously risk her running off because also she was cuddling me like in the middle of the night. So it was like pitch dark. Mm -hmm. Um, But like the first night I thought it was Salem. And then when I like, I started to pet her, I mean, you immediately know it's Merlin because she's got that tiny tiny little noggin oh, um, her head is so small it's almost so comical small. that's why she had no common sense yeah <laughs> her, her head's too small to fit a brain in it exactly yeah. she liked tinkerbell how mm-hmm. there you can they can only hold one emotion at a time <laughs> <laughs> it's usually um. hungry <laughs> <laughs> or play mm-hmm. <laughs> But yes, Merlin cuddled me three whole times, like big, big cuddle fest, like like purring and and rubbing her head for noggins and just cuddling up against me. Oh, so I'm like totally her third favorite person now. So (laughs) I'm very, very happy. I mean, I'm not going to say it wasn't work. It was absolute work. Like there was a lot of churu treats involved. There was a lot of playtime involved. <laughs> and I'm sure like it being fairly chilly had something to do with it. But I kept the war- the house pretty warm while I was there because, yeah, I don't deal with cold very well. And also, thanks to Lynn and Elisa, I read Nona the Ninth. Holy shit. I loved it so much. And I just want to curl up and hibernate until Electo the Ninth comes out. Otherwise, I'm really looking forward to a Hanukkah dinner party this weekend and another queer board game event that I'm hosting. Yay! Yay! Yeah, yeah, one day you two need to come out for that. Do like board games. Yeah. And I am very queer. Yeah. Win-win. He the is win-win. weird and he is sitting. And he is sitting. What? It's from Invader Zim. <laughs> oh! Okay, I do actually have that. He is pretty that. weird. Yeah, and he is sitting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that weird kid like, sitting right over there. <laughs> So I got to experience Disney World at winter for the very first time in my life. And it was really neat. And then I got to come home and see my cats. Yay. Who I missed a lot. And that was neat. But yeah, no, the trip was fun. And we got to eat a lot of cool food. And we at one point went and watched a kitschy mermaid show. That sounds fun. Yeah, like it was really weird, but it was fun and kitschy. Yeah. It was like famous as the the witchy, witchy, watchy. Witchy, watchy. Wiki Watchy Mermaids. Okay. They have this whole like underwater they're, they're, theater. Yeah, they're they're famous. They're like a Florida institution. And they made a little wax mermaid from a moldomatic that I had to oh. fight the machine for. Yes. Yes, I did 
I did see the videos of me making the moldomatic and then having to fight the machine to give me my wax moldomatic because it wanted to keep it. That moldomatic was not uh, well maintained. So it just had these like globs of wax. Yeah. It's not like the the ones at Universal Studios where they clean them and maintain them. Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch, with Mary Margaret in labor, the residents of Storybrooke go on high alert in an attempt to ensure that Zelina doesn't try to steal her newborn baby. Meanwhile, in the land of Oz of the past, Glinda tries to convince Zelina to fight her evil tendencies and join her and her sister witches as a protector of Oz. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators 3. The moral of this episode is, Himbos are pretty, not smart. Take note, Snow. Bonus moral. Don't yell at our good boy, Henry. It's very upsetting. Talk fairy tales with us on anchor.fm slash once upon a rewatch. Tweet us at once upon rewatch. Participate in episodic polls on Instagram at once upon rewatch. Follow us at once upon a rewatch.tumblr.com. If you enjoy once upon a rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or on your platform of choice. The artwork for our podcast was by Lychee Ruru. We want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz. This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Share Alike License. And remember, all plot devices come with a price. It wouldn't be a truly shameless, wicked ripoff until... Oh, babe, can you say that line again? You turned into a robot. No. Well, you sound like a robot. (laughs) You sound like a robot!